0: Why is journalism in the cryptocurrency industry just so bad? And what can we do to maybe fix it? I live unbanked off of cryptocurrency and I use BitRefill extensively because it lets me pay with crypto at places that don't yet accept it directly. This one service more than any other helps me live on crypto. Pay your prepaid phone bill or buy gift cards to thousands of major retailers around the world, all with cryptocurrency, including for exact amounts so you don't have to buy more gift credit than you need for a specific purchase. You can use BitRefill without an account, but if you get an account, you can earn rewards points, which translate to savings, and you can also hold a balance denominated in dollars or euros to protect yourself against market crashes. Go to bitrefill.com, click Create Account, and enter the referral code DCN, or follow the link in the description. And as usual, this is the audio only version of this podcast where you can have a lot of extra content, but don't get bothered by all that pesky upbeat or downbeat music and all the images and just seeing me flapping my gums at you. So enjoy. And remember to watch my video channels on library slash odyssey and YouTube. That's where I put up a lot of other videos that are a little bit too short to merit translation into whole podcast form, but you know, I have a lot of good stuff. So extra content over there. Go watch it. All right. Enough of this. Let's go to the podcast. Journalism and news sites and all that in the cryptocurrency world specifically is just not to par. Whether it's sensationalist or just poorly done or horrifically biased or whatever else, a reliable and trustworthy source of news is kind of hard to come by. And I know that this is a problem with journalism in general these days, but it's just much more exacerbated in the cryptocurrency industry, which has kind of come up recently and there's just not a lot of knowledge about that, there's not a lot of money, there's not a lot of demand, things like that. And so we end up with some really bad coverage a lot of times which ends up driving prices in markets and making or breaking projects. And seeing how laughably bad it can be at some time, this is something we really need to kind of figure out how to fix sooner rather than later. So I'll go into some of the problems with cryptocurrency journalism today and kind of look at why they became that way and then maybe take a little stab at solutions. Although unlike other subjects where I had a little bit more of a clear idea of what can be done to fix this, I have some ideas I think could help, but I really don't fully know how to solve this yet. But that's the beauty of a free market and an open source environment, right? Anyone can contribute to trying to fix something and then solutions get presented from the greater mind share of the world and things work out great. And so I'm not really worried that this won't ever be solved, but you know, might as well get a crack at it now. Okay, enough rambling. First onto the problems. One of the biggest and most annoying problems is sensationalism, which of course is a big thing in news in general, but the thing is with crypto, everyone's looking for the next big thing, the next big announcement that's gonna pump a price of something. And so you see, Journalists writing these articles about so-and-so expert could say Bitcoin could increase fivefold in the next couple months, oh my gosh, or scam detected in this and that, or this exchange going to do that, or warning, hack, theft, oh, the regulation is going to ban crypto in every single country. The list just goes on. There's all kinds of stuff like this. It's pretty hard to have reasonable coverage of current events in the crypto space in general. The premier example of this recently is a Coindesk article on non-fungible tokens and influencers that was absolutely dripping with negative and salacious illusions. The piece in particular targeted influencer Crypto Finley, with allusions to her work constituting sex work, illusions which are alleged to have caused reputation damage and lost work as a result. The same author was responsible for a positive story on Dash years ago, which nonetheless was filled with unfair negative illusions and downplaying the positives, as well as inaccuracies. To date, the author remains unapologetic and blissfully unaware of why people in the space are hesitant to have her cover their projects. Next, beyond just sensationalist, it's lazy. I find a lot of articles that are basically like copy and paste stuff, poorly written, bad English, just saying like the bare minimum with almost no facts or anything like that, often leading to inaccuracies or just like a poor coverage of the situation. Just to get something out there that kind of has the headline that includes the subject and just the rest can be just anything. This is something that I find is particularly different from the legacy media platforms where at least... As bad as journalism is today, you'll find articles that are well-written, as in, you know, they they sound okay, and are extensive enough as far as things that are sourced, what they say, different aspects that are covered, even if there's a whole lot of stuff that's wrong with the way it's covered, even if there's inaccuracies or anything, at least it just reads like a thoroughly researched, well-done piece, whereas with crypto, it's like, random low-quality bloggers, you know what I'm saying? Just anything goes in this past for, like, news and proper journalism. For example... Dash came into public view as DarkCoin, a project focused on its privacy-enhancing CoinJoin implementation in 2014, but rebranded to Dash in 2015 and for the past six years straight has focused on fast and secure payments, scalability, decentralized governance, and usability and decentralized applications. Yet to this day, publications continue to simply refer to the project as a privacy coin, despite many corrections. And finally, and worst, of course, is inaccurate. There's so many inaccuracies in the crypto media. Where just basic facts are gotten wrong or more major facts are gotten wrong. And rather than just lazy or sensational, a lot of this could be actively malicious or something else. But the worst part about it is the tolerance to that. You have pieces that are allowed to stand up after getting things completely wrong. And despite being corrected, just uh, whatever, they just move on, they don't care. The worst part of this is you will find things that aren't corrected on major publications on the very top of the heap. You'll find just glaring inaccuracies and faults just left out there. And it doesn't matter how respected or large the publication is, this could have been a problem that would be fixed even in the horrible mainstream media news of other segments such as politics. Just glaring inaccuracies like that are just left in and no one really seems to care. Once again, we go to Coindesk because it's supposed to be the most trusted publication yet puts out some really shoddy work. They did a terrible hit piece on Dash a few years back to which Dashcore Group CEO Ryan Taylor responded with an impressive tweet storm, pointing out all the inaccuracies. The piece wasn't updated. Now, why did crypto journalism end up in this sad, sad state of affairs? Well, it's a mix, in my opinion, between just the problems that are facing journalism as a whole today and in problems that are facing crypto in particular because of how new of an industry it is. Of course, being new is one of those big things. Is First off, there's not an established industry that really works on just covering this stuff because the industry itself is not very established. And also, this is radically new technology. Very few people understand really how blockchains work, or they might know what the difference between proof of work and proof of stake is, but they have no idea what the block interval is and why it's different for some things and why you can't just scale on chain or you can or whatever. Just there's a lot of knowledge gap. And so the average writer just doesn't really have that pool of well-known information to draw from initially when getting started. And so as the industry matures, You'll see less of this, in my view. You'll see more information readily available to people. More people will be building on that information rather than just now no one knows anything. And it's very clear in the journalism that comes out. And the other thing that has a lot to do with how new the industry is, but is also just kind of the way it shook out, is speculation leads to sensationalism. It's a very speculation-based market where I want to know if this project is actually building this kind of a solution because my business and other people's business or whatever are going to actually start using it and then they can start making money off of that and therefore this information being accurate is huge to me because i can build a business off of this or some of the businesses i'm invested in could go up in valuation because of this new development it's no like whatever news makes people think oh my gosh it's going to pump and then they throw their money behind it and they don't care if the news is inaccurate they care if the news makes it pump And so you have a lot of people prioritizing sensationalism over accuracy because that's what really matters. I mean, look at this little doge back here. Dogecoin was just a joke coin that was slowly sliding down the market cap rankings as more and more legit projects started coming, not even being developed on actively as far as I'm aware. And just because Elon Musk starts tweeting about it, all of a sudden, whoa, people are just start throwing money into it. Not because they think it's actually gonna be used or it's actually the future or anything, but because any kind of coverage of it, including just by a celebrity on Twitter is just, it it pumps. And like, whoa, did Elon buy any? Probably not, but then that doesn't tank the price. Once the truth comes out or it gets speculated on, people just say, I don't know, he talked about it, pump it. And so as long as we have this speculation first crypto economy, I think we're going to have this problem of people don't really care that much about accuracy. This extends to audiences as well. I received death threats over an article on darknet markets back in the day, even though they couldn't find anything inaccurate I had said. They were simply upset that the Monero price tanked sharply after the article came out. And of course, finally, the same problems that face legacy media platforms, which is there's no real good profit and revenue model other than getting as many clicks as you can in order to drive money from advertisers. Now, in the old days, of course, people used to buy a newspaper and so they'd pay money for the one that they trusted and then you have that direct customer to business relationship to a certain extent. Over time people could find this information somewhere else online easily for free and so they were not paying for it as much and then now the sites decide to get as much free usage on them as possible so they can actually get paid in advertising revenue from the ads that they put and so that completely flipped the profit motive on its head. Where now instead of trying to make the customer happy so that they keep paying you, they don't pay you at all. So you're just trying to get the the actual customer's attention, but you don't want to make them happy. You just want to get more attention out of them. You're farming them. They're not customers. They're farm animals to you. And of course, this creates all kinds of bad incentives, such as sensationalism, where you just want as much engagement as possible. You don't mind the quality of it. You don't mind if you are called out for being a fraud or a liar or whatever. If then the next time you publish, more people still come and view your stuff. That's all you care about under this model. This is similar to the problem facing modern social media networks, which I outlined in detail in a previous video. While we're talking about the financial model for crypto journalism being something we need to fix, we have to also remember that this is the problem with journalism in general these days. Basically, the internet age and the fake news era has really upended the entire industry. Because before, you know, you had trusted news anchors and things like that to collect stories and publish and print them. And that's where people got their information from. They waited to find a newspaper from it. And you basically had people who tasked full-time in creating that kind of thing. And it was much more expensive to create, I guess but also it was much more limited in the information you could get. That's where you got the information. And so you would not be able to build a business with a printing press and all this stuff to create these newspapers for people to actually read without some sort of trust, right? You should actually start reporting the news and then, you say stuff that's absolutely not correct then the competitors are just going to smash you like no one's going to buy this piece of newspaper if they can go for another one that's actually going to give them what they want they can't go anywhere else for information other than this. It kind of created a system where you have a whole career of journalism that all centers around curating facts and transmitting them to the public in the form of stories that are relevant to them. And unfortunately, that exact model had a shelf life, and that shelf life is now pretty much over. With the internet age, first off, anyone has access to whatever set of facts anyone else has access to for the most part. You don't need to you know, go into an archive and start digging through pieces of paper to find things. You don't need to have reporters on the scene to just transcribe what they said happened. There's just all kinds of information on the internet. You can just look it up, or even better, you can be there on your own with a camera phone or whatever. You don't need to know how to report who, what, why, when, where, and how. You can just film it, and then there you go. Or you can just watch someone else's filmed footage. And it just makes reporting the news just so much more accessible to just about anyone in the world. And with that, even more than that, it has really increased the ability to publish and disseminate this news for almost no money, just really cheaply. You just go out and do that. And including just go on Twitter and tweet something, just say, breaking news outside of the courthouse, this happened, this person, this, and then just... People believe you. They start sharing it all over the place. That's where they got the news. That's their primary source. And it it just, anyone can get a Twitter account. It's so easy. So therefore, the professional journalists, their job, uh, they have a much more involved method of conveying the news. Like they have to look up a story. They have to interview people on the scene. They have to do all this stuff. They have to cross-reference things. They have to run it by their editor. They have to schedule a publication. Like all this stuff that basically puts them in the dust behind just the average citizen journalist going putting something out there so of course it threatens the model in that way especially the profit model of how are you going to sell enough to cover salaries when you have a giant building you have to pay for and you have uh, printing to do you have a bunch of executives and marketing people and sales reps and just a whole bunch of different people when it's so much cheaper to do elsewhere and of course because it's so easy to create news, now it's much easier to fabricate news or to report something that you don't know what you're looking at and you, it's, you get it completely wrong. And so there's a huge prevalence of real news and fake news, both of which are competing. The old journalistic newspaper model is just over. It's just not going to survive. So we end up in this thing with the crypto world as well, where the, you don't even have an established journalism field there, for, you know, all for better or for worse. And it's probably going to be at the forefront of changing of this industry. But the industry does have to change. In my view, you're probably going to have uh, far fewer professional journalists that get to make a living doing this. In my view, it's going to be more independent creators that have enough of a following on their own and enough support that they can make a living off of that. And then they hire some people to help them out with certain things. Uh, But as far as the actual you know industry behind it is going to you know be significantly diminished. First of all, technology does displace some jobs. And so where before you had a whole team of reporters, now because of technology because you can gather information from the internet and from other things, you need like some, let's say 10% as many. A lot of those other people you just needed to, you know, type out and proofread. Now you have programs that help proofread for you and things like that. And before you had a lot of people having to be on the scene there and all this stuff, but now you can just, the scene, sometimes you have footage on the scene that you didn't necessarily plan for. It just came up because, you know, people were there filming stuff all the time. And so I think that the amount of news and journalism out there is going to explode, like there's going to be a lot more, but it's going to be produced by fewer people. And so basically the profit models have to follow that. No one is going to pay just to see and absorb the news. They're going to pay to get certain news from trusted sources who have especially like a more complete perspective on the situation. Like they're not going to just pay so someone says, this is what happened. Oh, okay, I didn't hear. No, because everyone's saying that. It's all over the internet. No one needs to actually pay a professional to tell them what happened, kind of. But what you will be able to do is when you don't know what to make of what happened necessarily or you, there's missing context and things like that and you would then want to patronize someone who can actually tell you in much greater detail, who actually knows how to sift through what's real and what's fake, who knows what this means, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and then you kind of have that. But then those people will have to, of course, be paid in a different sort of a way because their content is for the most part like free right it's hard to completely block the source of news and just say well you have to buy the newspaper in order to read it no instead you're going to want depth from these people and so if there's paywalled content for example it would have to be something much deeper and more in-depth that's actually like you know reliable because there's all that information is already out there the only thing you want this person for is you trust how they put it all together And mostly, I just think it's going to be uh, tip and donation based because also the advertising model is a little bit, you know, it's been around for a while. People, I think, are outgrowing advertising. They don't want to go to a, a website, see a bunch of things pushed in their face for these products that they weren't even looking at. I think that that's going to go away as far as like a journalism thing where in the past, you wanted all the eyes on your stuff possible because it's easy to generate that kind of stuff these days. And then you, therefore you just get paid by, you know, people who got their product seen because they put an ad on your page. I think that sponsorships of journalists, sort of like sports stars or whatever, that's going to be a next step of revenue generation because you have journalists, let's just say they use certain services to help gather facts let's say they use a vpn to help browse anonymously let's say they use encrypted messengers to protect their sources and such those kinds of things will start to sponsor journalists in a way that it's a much less of a spray and pray advertising like i just have attention i'm just going to sell it to the highest bidder whoever pays the most for this piece of attention it's like no there's there's attention everywhere what you're paying for is like a specific endorsement of relevant products by journalists and it's say hey if you want to support me you want to support my cause why don't you buy this with my promo code we're already seeing that happen in the podcast world i would really suggest people look at the podcast world as a template for how people are going to be monetizing journalism in the future where you'll have you know whatever form long short whatever form content you have but You'll have people being sponsored by various people and doing, you know, ad reads as opposed to just putting advertisements right in front of their face for all these products that might not have anything to do with it. And of course, you know, premium content and subscribers and shout outs to donors and things like that. So that's kind of the way I see that thing moving. So how can we fix this whole thing? Well, there's a few suggestions I have, of course, not perfect, but one of the biggest things we could do is Find a way to restore that customer service relationship where you have the customer and the service and the customers paying the service for what they want out of it of course this is very difficult in the age of free everything everything's free online but it's not impossible one of the reasons why paid subscriptions have not worked very well in the past is first off let's be honest the readers did not value on the whole what they were paying and subscribing for and that's on the fault of the the newspaper themselves but also the payment aspect of it is just so full of friction because okay, what do you do when you hit a paywall? Let me go, oh, it's $12.99 per month, to unlock these articles and like, all right, so I have to pay this much money just to like, yeah, I'm just not gonna do it. Or you decide to do it and you click, all right, well, put in your credit card information, big, long ticket 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 ticket, put out the number, put in this, okay, verify this, and then you get a charge, and then it's just such a pain in the butt to go through. What if you could just get to an article and then just say, okay, you want to pay it one cent? Sure. The problem is, you know, where's your one cent? Oh, you have to put in your credit card. No one cares, okay? But if there's a button you could just hit and zap, it just zaps over, a cent worth of cryptocurrency. Who would care if you read like 12 articles in a day and you paid a total of like 12 cents because there's 12 of them, you paid a cent each. No one would mind that as long as you don't have the friction of having to pay and you know credit card fees and things like that that make it you know not really usable. But what if you had your little digital wallet or a little browser extension, you could just hit go beep, and it would just unlock it. And then that's it. You just don't run out of money for a long time just reading. People would actually rack up significant bills, reading articles and stuff like that if they were really interested in it, if the friction, the amount is low enough and then the friction of actually getting the payment through is low enough. And by basically fixing the money, because the money systems today suck, by fixing the money and making them actually work for people, work for the consumer, I think that that could really restore this old model of you know customer pays and then there you go this could particularly work now that the cost of actually generating journalism is much lower and that you don't have to have a large physical building and a whole bunch of staff members and all this kind of production stuff you could just be one person like me just sitting behind their computer looking stuff up and that can be it and they can actually collect the money directly whether through donations or subscriptions or whatever. That system makes it a lot easier for people to actually pay to support people that they agree with and not just, well, this whole newspaper and you know, I'm gonna pay all of them and then only a little bit goes to the guy that I like to support here. And so having alternative models to this would make this a lot of an easier thing to give to for the average person. I already use both of these to support my channel. A good chunk of what I get comes from Cointree, as well as library, between donations, payments to access my paywalled content, and the subsidy by Library, Inc. to incentivize creators to move over. BIP70 is a payment protocol that, among other things, lets you spend cryptocurrency payments to multiple destinations with a single transaction. This can be used to split donations automatically among different journalists and the platform itself. You've heard me rattle on about the donation system and how that's going to really be a part of the future of funding journalism. And... Right now, there's a lot of problems with that because of our conditioning in the past and because the money kind of sucks. So, when we're talking about donations, right? First off, people are conditioned to, you know, pay for something that they want in the beginning, right? And then we had this. Internet age of, oh, everything's free online. It's free open source. Get this, this is free because it's all over the place. You're competing against free. You cannot charge. In that area, like, why would people donate to like the person they had a little, they clicked on the website for or whatever? We're starting to move into an era where the actual content that's available is just going to be available everywhere. And there's just not going to be that much money in trying to pay wall specific content. But we're also moving to a hyper social world. Where before, a lot of socialization happened peer-to-peer, in person, and what we saw on the television and other outlets were just, this is the facts, this is the service, this is the corporate thing, this is what to trust. And now that that part is everywhere and that sort of slick corporate facade is replicable everywhere, there's no value in that anymore. But what there is value in is that access to personality and you know personal face and it's not just oh, i trust this guy because i see him it's like you want to be able to support a journalist's work i mean think about it in the past how many times did you see an article and then you know like breaking news blah 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 and you, and then you're just like okay who wrote this one oh you know scott Fitzgerald. Oh, okay that guy's interesting well wow, i like his work like not usually you just sort of read the news and we're like oh there we go that's what i got But in the future, I think you'll have that where you'll see the names behind people and you'll want to support their work. And already, I mean, we've seen in these interesting eras of GoFundMes and other things where people are starting to come together and just fund things that they want to be funded, whether it's a charity thing or something, or just even a joke or something else. And people are becoming much more, I guess, loose with their money on those kinds of things and a lot more tight about stuff that they're being... Forced to pay for. Compound this with limited friction payment systems where basically, as easy as it is to throw up a like or a comment or whatever else on a social media platform, if that's as easy as it is to throw a little bit of money towards someone, then you're all of a sudden that donation model is going to go way up because then people go, Oh, I like what you do, throw a few cents. I like what you do, throw a few cents. And just you'll be able to kind of keep on going. No one wants to throw money at a good article like a good, wow, breaking news. I I, I in thoroughly enjoyed having this news broken to me. I'm going to pay for it in retrospect. No, no one's going to do that. But if someone, a person, a face breaks this news and it helps them, they're like, wow, excellent work, person. I'm going to tip you for that. I think that we'll really see a turnaround in that model there. It's kind of funny how... Sort of cultural attitudes and history and inertia have a big thing to do with what people will pay for and how they will pay for it, as well as just the technology. I mean, people would pay so much money for stuff that they otherwise wouldn't if there's just no friction. Like, for example, the freemium game model. People won't pay $50, 60 $80 for a game If it's like, nah, I just want a free thing. But then if you have a freemium where you just want to buy power-ups and stuff, it's just so easy to start throwing little bits of money behind each of these things. And then before you know it, you rack up a bigger bill than if you'd actually bought this thing. So anyway, that's the way I see that going. Another thing could be the possibility of blockchain accuracy scores, which of course is a slippery slope. Whenever you try to... Verify something as a single source of truth. People are always going to be disagreeing, always going to be fighting about that. But let's just say you have a trusted group of people who verify things that people tend to, you know, agree with, or a few different ones of them. And then someone puts out a story or a fact or something like that that is considered accurate or inaccurate. And then these people all chime in. And if there's a majority, whatever, that's verified on a certain blockchain, right? And then you basically keep a running tally according to one group, but of course there can be lots of competitors in the space too, in case, well, these guys are biased, we don't like, we don't trust them, let's make another group that works well. Basically, as long as there's a public record of like endorsements and verifying and all that kind of stuff, based on each single piece that is put out by every single author and publication, in a blind peer-reviewed way especially, then you can kind of keep a record of how many times people were acknowledged to be right and correct and or versus every time that they were saying stupid things. Obviously, there's a ton of subjectivity in here, but at least there's a record that anyone can view and no one can really tamper with that you could actually look at over time and just say, well, these people tell the truth accurately over time and I, anyone can go verify this according to this. Or these people kind of don't. These people are you know full, full of it. These people are full of it, right? And you can even create an easy nonprofit-like structure for Giving financial awards to people who consistently tell the truth. Let's just say you have the Blockchain Truth Fund. Every month or every year, they give a bonus to people who have been thought of as being very accurate. And so people donate to this fund, and then you have this fund. And based on people and publications' track record, they could qualify for the award or not. And if you qualify for the award, then they send the money, and as I mentioned earlier, with the BIP-70 invoices, then it could go split, and then all the authors get it, or it could go to one author in particular, and then the others that work for the publication or the publication itself gets a little bit of that as well. However it shakes out, it would be good to actually financially incentivize some kind of you know truth-telling, and of course, in a hotly contested world of rapidly breaking news and also a lot of disagreement over what even is true or is not. This could end up being a little bit tricky but as long as people can do whatever they want without restriction and then you let solutions that incentivize good behavior versus bad behavior crop up organically around that with the right tools i think that that could avoid a lot of these sorts of problems and finally one thing i think would be really kind of cool to experiment with is prediction market style betting on accuracy so imagine this right you are a journalist and you cover a breaking story of course you get a lot more attention and a lot more you know fanfare you get a lot more donations maybe basically it's good for you if you're the guy to break a story however say you try to break a story you have to put up a bet that your story is accurate it's going to stand the test of time and so let's say you put like a hundred bucks worth of crypto and it just you bet on it being accurate And then over time, you know, like you, you heard a rumor, you didn't fact check it correctly. And then, oh, later they figure out that this was not indeed accurate. And then guess what? You lose your money. You bet on it. You bet on yourself being accurate and you weren't. So you lose the money and over time you can go broke using this system if you aren't careful with what you do of course if you're accurate most of the time you end up making money because you're betting on yourself to be accurate and proven accurate over time and when you are proven accurate then there we go people who bet you weren't they lose money and you make money so if you have a winning track record you end up making money by being accurate and once in a while there will be some breaking news thing you might be a little hesitant on because it's kind of new And you might just take that risk be like you know what i'm going to take the risk maybe i'm going to be wrong maybe this will be corrected later on and i'll lose that money but it's worth it because nine times out of ten i have been right on these things and i've made money from that so i don't mind the financial risk because the financial reward might be greater and of course you don't have to use these services you can just post whatever you want but a lot of people could actually grow to only trust news that has a prediction market bet on it that has some sort of a collateral behind the long-term truthfulness of the story and so if you just see someone posting breaking news, this blah 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 blah, and you don't see a little stake behind it, then you just be like, ah, whatever, this is some like stupid clickbaity guy, or you know, this is just maybe a satire site, you know? And then when you do see that actual thing behind it, you can be like, Oh wow, really? And if you were actually there on the scene of the story or whatever, you have insider information and they say this breaking, this thing that you know is wrong, you can be like, Oh, they don't even know. Bet against it and just say, like, look, I'm going betting a lot of money against this story being true because you know and then you know a few days or weeks or months or however long it takes for the truth to get out and established you know through a scientific method or something like that then you could make it big from you know betting against that and just having that market for truth i think can really make sure everyone's incentives are aligned in that way at least i would really love to try this out i mentioned this prediction market leveraging approach as a possible solution to twitter and social media's problems with fact checking All right, so what's the worst crypto article you've ever seen written? Please don't hold back. Find something that's just awful and terrible, or just mention it in comments. I don't care. Let me know because this is a a very funny subject to me because I kind of came to this space as a journalist, as a person that covers news, and just the rest of the field is not really that good at all, and I've seen a big disparity between people but also i've seen people accusing me of saying some stupid stuff and whatever i'd like i like to just get this problem out there and talked about so hopefully it gets fixed at some point as i've mentioned a bunch of ways it could be fixed so let me know and i will see you guys thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my coin tree page that's cointr.ee/the-desert-links, and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show sponsors: Live on crypto with Bitrefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shopin'Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with Presearch. All links are in the show notes.